0: going to jump in today's message. Uh, We're in week two of a series called I Have Decided. And um, I've been excited for this series for a while because um, I think when it comes to Christianity and the word uh, Christian, I think there's sometimes a lot of confusion, right? Because um, in our culture, uh, sometimes when we use words, they don't necessarily mean exactly what they used to mean. Um, They they change because of how people use them. Um, In fact, I heard a a statement of one guy who said, you know, I, I don't have a problem with Jesus. It's the Christians I don't like. Uh, because they didn't represent him well. And so sometimes that word uh, can, can be distorted, taken um, into a different direction. And so, you know, being a Christian just means that we're a follower of Jesus, uh, that we're Christ followers, that we look at him as our example, and we want to be like him, we want to follow him. And so uh, we're going to talk about this in the series. What does it mean? Because um, here's, here's the truth. Every single day, you and I, we decide who we're going to follow. You and I decide what we're going to do with our lives. Every single day, we make decisions on our actions, on our words, on our relationships, on our influences. And so what are the decisions you're going to make? And uh, my challenge for the series is, would you would you make that decision to follow Christ? Um, you would make that decision to say, I'm going I'm to make sure that I'm following what God wants. Because uh, the question, you know, who, who am I following? That's what we'll be asking through the series. Um, it's really not, are you following? Because we're all following somebody. Uh, Jesus followers, Christians just say, I'm following Jesus. Um, but we're, everybody's following somebody. Everybody is listening to some kind of influence. And those influence that we listen to, they're going to lead us to different opinions. They're going to lead us to different uh, outcomes. And so it's important that we choose wisely who we listen to. And for me, I don't think there's this, uh, anybody greater in life that you could listen to than Jesus. Um, I think he's the absolute best person you could follow um, because his way has been proven throughout the generations, right? Throughout the uh, the centuries um, and decades that he's he proves himself in our lives. And so today we're going to talk about the next next part of that, all right? And what what I what I'm seeing right now is as I read what's going on in our culture, what's going on in the world, uh, for this last decade, our culture has become more and more divided, uh, more and more polarized. Um, research is showing us that. And really, what what that shows us is that we are no longer listening to one another. Um, we only listen to people who agree with us, and we ignore and and we sometimes even uh, demonize and and criticize the people that don't have our beliefs. And what happens in that is we become these two separate camps that are going to fight over and over and over. And what I'm grateful though is most people aren't in the two camps. Most people are really saying, you know what, I've come fall somewhere in the middle. And I'm hoping that these two sides will get it together because uh, they are only creating more uh, distortion, more chaos, more, more issues in our life. And I would say when we follow Christ, um, it's not an, an, an either or. So a lot of times it's a both and. We have to learn to embrace. We have to learn to be able to work with those who even disagree and believe different than us. And today we're going to talk about that. What does that look like? Because um, when it comes to being a follower of Christ, when it comes to being a follower of anybody, letting them influence us, um, the, the, the truth is this, that it's impossible to be a disciple of Jesus or, to, or a follower of somebody and not end up like that person. Uh, so if you've been following Christ for a long time and you're not reflecting him more and more on, a, on a, a daily basis, there's a good chance you're really not following him. You're just following the idea of him or you're wanting to call by name, but not by action, not by heart. And really, he's not—he's not asking for that. He's asking for us to go all in. And so, it's impossible to follow somebody and not become like that person. That's why it's so important to listen, to pay attention to who we're listening to, and to um, pay attention to who's who, who's influenced our lives. Uh, so, one of the things I teach my kids is the people they choose, right? The friends that they allow to influence our life are so important because it determines the quality and direction of our life. And if they choose incorrectly, if they choose wrong, uh, they will—they'll have negative consequences. And so, uh, following is always about becoming like someone. Uh, so, if you're following Fox News, I can tell you who you're going to become. If you're following CNN, I can tell you who you're becoming, right? Uh, because you'll become what they're talking about all the time, what, they're, what they hold to be the truth, right? What they hold on to so strong, it'll rub off on us and we'll become like that. Well, the problem with that is that's a one-sided view, and uh, it can mislead us, and it can lead us in the wrong direction a lot of times, uh, either of those, those two sides. And so, uh, for this series... Um really we're saying if we're going to follow Christ, really it starts with you and I, right? It starts with me. And last week, that was the point of last week, I said the more that I focus on what God has yet to do in me, the less critical I am of what God has to do in you or what God has to do in others. So if I'm always saying, God, what is it that you want to do in my life? I'm less critical of what God needs to do in all the other people in this world, right? And if, if you don't get that, you spend all your time judging everybody else and you neglect to look in the mirror, you neglect to allow God to work in your heart. And so last week he we said, let, if you're going follow Christ, it starts with you, it starts with me. We have to say it starts in, in my home, it starts in my heart, and let God begin to work inside of us. All right. So this series I've decided, um, it's, it's really, we're going to walk through the Gospels, the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, and these Gospels are incredible, right? because they give an account of Jesus' life, they give an account of the eyewitnesses who watch these miracles, who watch Jesus, um, and then throughout throughout the New Testament, it, it even has these statements like, "Hey, you should go talk to these people that I interviewed, right? Go look at, go listen to the eyewitnesses, go listen to what God has has done, right?" And 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 they tell people um, that it's not just a made up story, but it's what's going on. And so last week we looked at the Gospel of Matthew, and I love the Gospel of Matthew because um, Matthew is he was a tax collector, and so he was hated by the Jewish people. And notice, I love the fact that Jesus would pick an enemy of the Jewish people in a sense. Um, to be one of the people to represent him, to be one of the people that would follow him, right, and help others to know him, and uh, we talked about how God was always doing that. He's looking at the the different sides, right? And 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 I'm pretty sure Peter and Matthew were pretty opposites. And he said, "Hey, you guys, you guys be roommates. So let's let me teach you what it means to be a kingdom, right? Be of the kingdom of God." And he invites them in. Well, today we're going to look at one of my favorite uh, gospels, the Gospel of Luke. Uh, Luke was a doctor, and so he was uh, one of Paul's physicians, Paul's physician. Um, and so as Paul traveled, he talks about Luke a lot. And so Luke was not one of the original disciples, uh, but he was the writer of, of Luke and he was the writer of Acts. And these two books that we have in the New Testament, the, the, really they're accounts, almost like letters, to this man named Theophilus. Uh, we don't really know exactly who that was. Possibly he was an influential person that maybe either Luke was trying to lead to Christ or somebody who was becoming a, a Christ follower that he was encouraging and saying, here's, here's the story of Jesus so you can help others. Uh, know people, help other, others know God's story. Also know Jesus, and so he wrote this account to this man. And so Luke, as the doctor, is taking these accounts and he's he's listening to the, the stories of the apostles and he's uh, listening to the stories of people that saw that the, the the eyewitnesses, and in these in these uh, learning right the account of Jesus. And so and he's getting, he gives it to us, which is just a gift. And so um, I was reading a commentary about the Gospel of Luke, and this is what Warren Wiersbe said about Luke. Right? He says this that Luke he presents Jesus Christ. As the compassionate Son of Man, who came to live among sinners, love, love them, help them, and die for them. I love that. Jesus came to live among us, to love us, to care for us, even die for us. Right? In this gospel, you meet individuals. You meet individuals. Luke, Luke points out, as well as crowds. He loved the crowds. He loved women. He loved children, as well as men, poor people, and as well as rich people, along with sinners and saints. So Luke is pointing out how God loves everybody. It's a book with a message for everybody because Luke's emphasis is on the universa- universality, universality of Jesus Christ and his salvation. And I love, I love the fact that um, um, in, in in his gospel he says this that good good tidings of great joy, which will be for all people. Right? That's in, that's in the gospel of Luke where he says uh, the angel comes and tells the shepherd, Hey, I'm bringing you good news, and this good news is for everybody. You know, it's not for a select few. It's not for a certain race. It is for everybody. And so Luke invites us, right, It uh, says Jesus is, and his salvation is for everybody. Um, so we're going to pick up in the Gospel of Luke and the story of uh, some of the disciples when they decide to follow Jesus. You know, when you read through the Gospels, there's these certain accounts where uh, the writers give an account where Jesus is walking and he says, he comes along and says, hey, uh, disciples, come and follow me. And it says they just get up and follow him. It almost seems like there's no thought in it. It just just happens. Uh, but Luke gives us the account of some of the backstory, of what's going on. Uh, so these disciples, they weren't ignorant. They 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 were unschooled in the sense that they weren't the top of their class. Um, but they were hearing about what God was doing. And they were Jewish young men. And so they had a lot of scripture in them. And so they knew what to look for. They knew what to listen for. And so when Jesus began to do miracles, when Jesus showed up on the scene, uh, that began to spread, uh, news began to spread about him. And so uh, there was always some... some um, Interaction and conversations happening about what made possibly God was doing in their in their area, and so Luke says this in, in Luke chapter five. It says this that one day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. So just is beginning his ministry, right, he's beginning the healings are beginning to take place. Um, he's beginning to teach these teachings that are tell stories that are amazing, and and people begin to crowd crowd him, right? They became to, to come and flock towards him so they can hear. And it says there was such a big crowd that um, they came to listen to what he had to say. So what he's, he's, at, he's by the, the, the shore of the Sea of Galilee and it says that he noticed two empty boats on the water's edge uh, for the fishermen left, their, left them and they were washing their nets. So he steps onto the boat and Jesus asked Simon, this is Peter, that, uh, Simon's, Peter started off as Simon, that's his first name, but Jesus changed it to Peter. And if you read, keep reading the, the, the Gospel of Luke, you'll see why and, and when Jesus does that. But essentially, Jesus said, tells Peter, uh, the owner, to push out onto the water, and so he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. So he pushes a little way from the shore, um, and he begins to teach from there. Uh, when he had finished speaking, um, he said to Simon, now go out to where it is deeper, and let down your nets to catch some fish. So Jesus gets in the boat, and he begins to teach, right? It's in the day, and so he's beginning to speak to the crowds. Uh, it's a lesson, time for, while Peter and them and his companions are, are fixing the nets, are preparing the nets for the next day, because um, they had just finished, right? Uh, so in the Sea of Galilee, because it's deep, uh, the fish at day, in the day go, go deep. And at night, they come up to the surface, right? And so in the, the, the sur- when the water gets warm, they go down to the cooler water. And when the water cools off, they go to the top. And so um, they would be fishing through the night. Um, and, and so you'll see the story now in a second, it picks up. But essentially, when Jesus is speaking, they're, they're finishing the work that they were doing from the night before. And so he says, hey, let's go out to, to the deeper water so, and get your nets so we can catch some fish. And this is what Peter says. He says, master, right, kind of a like kind of phrase, like, all right, uh, listen, listen, mister, right? Listen, listen, uh, teacher. Um, we worked hard all last night, and we didn't catch a single thing. We worked hard all night, and we didn't catch a single thing. So you already know what they're feeling, right? Like, man, we didn't even catch a single fish. This was not a good night. And he says, but if you say so, I'll let down the nets again. Notice the key phrase there, if you say so. He's going to take it upon God's word. He's going to take it upon Jesus' word. He says, if you say so. So he sat and he listened to his teaching. Most likely he heard other other stories and other things that Jesus had done already. And and so he's he's in the process of trying to figure out, is this the person I want to follow? He says, well, if you say so, I'll, I'll do this. And so they get their nets, which have already been cleaned, already been done. And they're going to go back out. And I can imagine what Peter's thinking, right? It's like, um, this is not going to work out. We tried last night. It's not going to work. But it says, this time, their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. Uh, so Jesus takes them. And however that works, right? is it one an amazing miracle. Jesus allows the fish to come into these nets. And it said they were so full, they began to tear. So a shout for help brought their partners in the other boats. And soon both boats were filled with fish so much that they were on the verge of sinking. So when Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I am such a sinful man. And this we talked about last week, right? It starts with us recognizing and realizing that we can't do it on our own. We need God's help. If we're going to follow Christ, it starts with us realizing that we are sinners, but God is holy. He is just. He is good, but he still invites us on this journey. And This is that Peter realized. He fell before God and said, God, I am a sinful man. Like, leave me. I'm a sinful man. Because he was so awestruck by the number of fish that were caught, as were the others with him, his partners. And notice the partners, James, John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. So a few of other Jesus' disciples were there that became his disciples. And so Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. So from this miracle, is a tipping point for Peter. It says, okay... I'm going to believe. You know, I heard that it's, it takes an average of seven times to hear the gospel. The, the reality and the truth of why Jesus died on the cross, of what he'd done on the cross for, our, for us. Uh, seven times somebody here before they actually take that step of faith. Uh, so in this in this story, it's exactly the same thing. Peter's having these, these accounts, right? Uh, it's possible this is the second time that maybe Jesus uh, has asked Peter to follow him. Um, and this time it says Peter left everything for good. And he went. And he followed Jesus. So there's four stages of following I want to talk about. If you're going to be a follower of Jesus, and if you're going to follow his example, there's four stages. We see in this story, the first stage is sit and listen. This is a very important stage. I think a lot a lot of people, um, they, they make the argument that this is one of the stages that misses in, in the Christian faith, and it's not. Um, notice how this first phase, Jesus is giving information. He's giving content. He, he's, he's talking about what it looks like to be part of the kingdom kingdom of God. right? He's asking questions. There's a dialogue. There's a conversation conversation that's going on. Um, it's not a blind faith. Sometimes people say, you know, Christianity is a blind faith. No. It's, it's God wanting to show up in our lives. In fact, most people that I've been able to help come to Christ, they don't come just because I tell them Jesus loves them. They they begin to come because they begin to experience that love through my story, through the story of others. They see the work that God has done in other people's lives and they say, if God can do that for them, I think He can do that for me. They see addicts who have broken those addictions and become free. Uh, they see marriage have been restored and they begin to say, if God can do that in their, their life, maybe he can do that in my life. Um, it's one of the things that led my, pe- my, my parents to Christ, right? If they saw God do a work in somebody else's marriage and they said, if God can do that in theirs, man, I think he can do it in mine also. They sit and you listen. You sit and you listen. You begin to, to be open to it. And then the second one is you loan him the boat, right? You begin to now make decisions according to what you're hearing. And you, and you hear what he says and you say, okay, I'll... I'll take that first step, the initial step. I'll, I'll go to church, right? I'll I'll begin to to uh, be be more um, open. I'll, I'll begin to read my Bible. I'll begin to pray. Um, I'll begin to allow you to influence my life, right? So you sit and listen. You loan in the boat. And the third, the third phase is this: that you take him fishing. Now you begin to allow him to impact your life. Uh, when I say taking fishing, this would be like, he's impacting your relationships. He's in, impacting your your work life. Uh, he's impacting your home life. He's He's impacting your finances. You're allowing him to begin to, to teach you and lead you how to be a better employee, how to be a better husband or wife or, or son or daughter, how to, how to be better with our finances, right? He begins to teach us on this journey. Um, and what's interesting about this stage is really this was the pivotal point for Peter. Peter again said, no, I know more than you. I'm, I know better than you. I'm going to just do my own thing. We finished last night. It's not going to work, right? We did it. It's not. But he just said, hey, let me, let me help you do what you're doing it's in a different way. And it says Peter was amazed because God helped him. He fixed him. He, 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 he did a miracle in his life. And this is the critical point for all of us, is if you don't take him fishing, you'll never experience that. You know, that first step is important, but, but really going all in is important. And then the fourth stage is this. Uh, leave your nets. This is where you go all in, where you've now experienced it. You've allowed him to work. Now you're saying, I want you to keep doing this. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow you. I'm going to allow you to do what you want in my life. So we sit, we listen. We loan in the boat. We take that first step. We're going to read our Bible. We're going to pray. Maybe church becomes more of a, a, a consistent thing that's going on in our life. We allow Him then to, to work in our lives. We take Him fishing, right? We, we let Him into the work and into, into every area of our life. And then finally, we say, "I'm no longer going to do it my way. I'm going to do it Your way." And when we get to that point of of the fourth, right? And I don't think this ever ends. I think it's a, it keeps going on because we we read the Bible, we listen, right? We pray and we allow Him to work in our lives in one area and we get better at that. And then we say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step into that area. I'm going to let you lead me in that area. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go all in, right? And so out of these four stages, today I want to talk about really the first one. Um, out of these four stages, I think this one is crucial. Because if you don't have the, the skills necessary, if you don't have the ability to, to sit and listen, you'll never learn, you'll never grow, and you'll possibly miss out on what God is asking you to do. And so today we're going to talk about this. See, when, when, when it comes to listening, Jesus, he said it, it was so important because he tells parables, and then he makes these statements. It says, if, "If those who have ears to hear, let them listen. Let them hear. Let them li- act on this." What he was saying is, I just told a parable about the kingdom of God. If you really have ears to listen and act on this, you're going to experience that. But if you don't, you're going to miss it. Uh, it's not just about hearing; it's about listening, right? It's about allowing it to go into our lives. Um, he said that his, he he compares being a uh, Jesus follower to being a sheep, right? So he's the shepherd; we're the sheep. He says, "The, sh- the sheep, my sheep, they know my voice. They don't follow a stranger's voice because they know my voice." And they begin to follow my voice. So what he's saying is you have to learn to listen to what God is saying. You know, the first story in the Bible, Adam and Eve, God spoke to Adam and Eve and told them some different things. And they heard him, but they chose not to listen. And they listened to the serpent, to Satan, and they heard him, and they chose to listen to his influence. So Adam and Eve had a choice. Who am I going to follow? They rejected God, which is disobedience. They disobeyed what he asked. And they followed Satan, and he, they became, um, they, they lost that relationship with God. And uh, we see this throughout Scripture over and over. You know, there's a story where Jesus is is on trial. And Pilate, one of the leaders, of the Roman leaders, he comes and he's asking Jesus all these questions. And Pilate's wife has a dream the night before. She comes to Pilate and says, this man's innocent. Leave him alone. Don't do anything with him. And so uh, his wife hears from God and she listens. Uh, Pilate hears from from God, but he ignores it and he listens to the crowd. And so he follows the crowd and and the anger of the crowd listens to them more than to the voice that God is trying to lead him in. So His voice is always coming at us. The question is, who are we going to follow? Who are we going to listen to? You know, Romans says that our faith, it comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So if you want to grow in your faith, you have to be hearing God's Word and hear what He's, what he's, what he's saying. And, and I really believe God gave Adam and Eve the, the key to relationships, right? It was about us having this dialogue with God. Uh, conversation is the basis for a relationship. That's the key that God gave them, is we have to have this dialogue that when we're faced with something, we don't just... Go with the flow. We don't go with the crowd. We don't just go with whatever's happening. We stop and say, God, what do you want to say in this moment? And if our conversation is 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 that basis for our relationships, we can't just ignore what the other person has to say. We have to listen, with our ears, listen with our hearts. Uh, so, so uh, um, this week, as I was preparing for this message about listening, um, I, one of the books is talking about this TED talk that I went and listened to listen to because it, it sounded so great, a great TED talk that has you know many many views and uh, it's about conversations and the lady giving this TED talk is she's she's a professional interviewer right and so she works for a radio program uh, company and she interviews people for the for the radio and so she's she's talking about these 10 ways to have better conversations and really a lot of the challenges we have we'll put that link on on on, uh, the the feed so you can go on and listen to it later on just a great great video I would encourage you to listen to it and look at how you have some tools I'm not going to go through the 10 uh, points that, that she gives I want to talk about the one that she said was the most important and most important. She says this, that listening is the number one most important skill. Listening is the, most important, is the number one most important skill. If we're going to have good conversations, if we're going to be um, good in relationships, we have to learn to listen better. We all like to talk, right? We all like to hear ourselves. Uh, but here's the problem with talking. Our brains only allows us to talk at 225 words per minute. So 225 words can come out of my mouth per minute, right? That's what my brain will allow. But we can listen at 500 words per minute, which means we can listen more than double the amount of words we can retain by listening than just by talking. So I think part of the problem with talking is when we're talking, we're actually missing a larger opportunity to actually learn. And all we do is share what we already know. We don't allow ourselves to learn something else that's going on. So if listening is the number one most important skill, we need to learn this. You know, in our nation for the last few weeks, um, we've been, there's a lot going on around the nation with people, of protest, people that are angry. Um, that, that's happening. You know, after the death of, of George Floyd, uh, you know, and, and a lot of people getting get angry. I heard, I heard people say, you know what, their advice was, just listen. Listen and learn from those in, in, that are being hurt, right? From those that, that have these experiences. Just listen and learn from those who are hurting the most in this moment. So last couple of weeks, that's what I've been doing. I've just been, I've been trying to, to listen and learn, um, the first people I went to are some pastors and leaders um, that are African-American that I that I would consider mentors. I've been listening to for years, uh, like Dr. Tony Evans. I think he's brilliant. Uh, Miles McPherson. And I begin to listen to what they're saying. And then I begin to listen to other people that, that uh, are being interviewed and what they're saying. Um, and, and even in this, I hear the pain of even some of the pastors that talk of their experiences they've had because they're black. And it breaks my heart, right? And let me just say this. If you're wondering what the Grove's stances on racism Racism is a sin. Um, we should never um, hate. We should never act out towards somebody because they're different than us, right? Um, I think if whenever there's prejudice, prejudice just means that there's that we judge before we have all the facts, right? We make a judge before we really under a judgment before we all understand what's going on. Whenever there's any kind of prejudice in our lives, we actually um, it's not a judgment against that person. It's a judgment against God, because we're saying God we're more important than that person. Our race is more important than that race. And that's sin because God made every single person in his image. And we're called to love our brothers and our sisters. I love people. In this this COVID season, what I've learned, number one, is I love Jesus. I think his message and his ways are the best way we could possibly live on the earth. Number two, I realize I love people. Um, Because when we didn't have people around us, we missed them, right? I have my family. I love my family. That's great. But I miss my friendship. I I miss those that, that I didn't have interaction with for. Especially the first time, right? Was that long period of time, we didn't get to see anybody. I just missed people. And I realized that I really care for people. You know, I, I, throughout the years, I've had the, the privilege of being able to travel to almost every single continent, every single continent to take the gospel to go reach people of every tribe, of every race, of every nation. And what I find is that God does the exact same work, no matter where they're from, no matter what color of skin. He loves them. And he died on the cross for every single person. In fact, we can say that, the, that the, at the foot of the cross, the ground is level. There are not more important people at the foot of the cross. It makes us all even. It makes us all equal because God died for all of us. Whether we're young, whether we're old, whether we're black or white, right? Whether we're rich or poor, God says, I died for every single person. Would you love them the same way that you love me? So when there's injustice, we, we should stand up and say there's injustice. But well, we need to do it in a way that's not going to cause more chaos, more destruction. We have to do it in a way that's going to, going to love and build up uh, others around us, not just destroy more, right? And so as I look at the nation, I'm disturbed. And as I listen to the voices of a lot of different people, uh, in fact, my, I think my favorite one of my favorite interviews I listened to was Denzel Washington. He told his story about himself and, four, and three of his friends. And he said out of the four of them, three of them are in prison. He's not. And he said the difference, the factor for him was when they all started getting in trouble, he had a father figure, he had a person in his life who said, hey, Benzel, don't go down that road. And the other young man didn't. And for him, he's saying that's one of the biggest challenges facing our country, fa- facing our, our world, is, is, is the, uh, the fact of fatherlessness. And as I've listened to interviews, I keep hearing this over and over, um, especially specifically from the black community saying, this is one of the issues we have. So for us as Christians, what do we do to, to solve that? What do we do? We step in. We say, how can we be father figures? How can we begin to love on others? Because it doesn't start now. It, it doesn't What's happening now didn't start just now, right? It started years ago when people didn't have voices in their life to encourage and help them. And they're saying that's a a big part of this problem that's going on. It's not just this one thing. It's not just one thing. There's a lot of components that add to this whole thing. And so for us, I would say we need to become better at listening. We listen before we speak, right? If you're a Democrat, you need to listen and open to the Republicans. If you're a Republican, you need to listen and open up to the Democrats. If we don't, we're only going to divide more and more and more and, and we know what happens when the nation is divided. It falls. It becomes fragmented and separated to the point that you can't overcome it. And if we're not careful, we'll get to that point where that happens. So we need to be the kind of people say, as Jesus followers, how can we be like Jesus and bridge the gaps? How can we be like Jesus and love those all of those who love us? Right? What, what can we do to, to listen, to, to work, work to, to bring about peace and good? Right? Even as I listen to the videos... Even I listened to different speakers, not all of them agreed on exactly what to do. There's different opinions, and I think if we continue to listen, we'll find some solutions. But as long as we ignore the other side, we will fail what God wants to do. So when it comes to listening, um, if listening is the most important skill, it, as Jesus followers, what does that look like? What do we need to do? Right? I would say this, if we're going to be good uh, Jesus followers, the habits we need to have, the most important is this, prayer and Bible study. Right? So, um, if, if you are um, following Jesus, this, these are the, this is the key that you need to have in your life. Romans tells us, uh, Paul tells us in Romans chapter 12, he says, Base your happiness on your hope in Christ. When trials come, endure them patiently. So we're in a trial, COVID, racism, all things that are going on, right? That's a trial. He's saying, when trials come, just endure them patiently. Don't, don't freak out. Don't overreact. Patience, right? Calm down. Um, and base your hope on on happiness, on, on on the hope in Christ, not on the hope that's going on in the world, not in the stock market, on Christ. And then he says, steadfastly maintain the habit of prayer. He's saying, make sure you have to you maintain this habit of prayer. What is prayer? It's a conversation with God. It's talking with God. And James tells us in chapter one, this is the the brother of Jesus. He says, whoever looks intently in the perfect law, he's talking about the Bible. Whoever looks into the into the perfect law that gives freedom, and continues in it. Not forgetting what they heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So, if you read the Bible, and you don't forget what it says, but you actually do it, you'll be blessed in what you do. Psalms 1, the first, the first uh, psalms in, in, the, in the book of Psalms says that, um, blessed is the man or the woman who meditates on the, upon God's word, right? Who chews on it throughout the day. They'll be like a tree planted by water. Essentially, you'll be healthy, you'll be strong, because you're focused on the right thing. And so James is, is, is echoing that. James is echoing what Jesus said, right? The person that builds their house upon a solid foundation, who listens to God's word, God's word, and does it, is a is a blessed person, is a wise person. So, what? How do we listen to God? There's three things that I think are really important for to listen to God. All right. If you're to listen to God, number one, you need a regular time and place. Um, one of the guys in our church, before he leaves his 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 house, he's, before he even pulls out of his parking space, he prays. Right. That's his that's his space. That's his time. And I bet you he does it consistently because it's become a regular time and a regular place. Uh, you need to find that. Uh, that could be in the morning. That could be in the middle of the day. That could be in the night. I would just say learn, learn how to implement this, these things in your life in a way that would be consistent. right? Uh, so at night, sometimes um, I'm trying to sleep and there's a little light next to me that's kind of in the air. Um, and I'll turn over and my wife is reading the Bible. That's her time to read the Bible. And when she's reading the Bible, I'm okay with that because she's becoming a better person when she reads the Bible. Now, if she's watching a video, I'm like, can you <laughs> hear my headphones? <laughs> I want to try to sleep. <laughs> but um but, but I love it when I see her reading the Bible because she's becoming a better, a better version of herself as she allows God to work in her life. A consistent time and place. Hers is a night. Mine's a different, different time. Right? In the way we do it. So, be consistent. Right? It's quality over length. It's quality over length. Remember that. When you read your Bible, it's quality over length. When you, when you pray, it's quality over length. A good conversation with my wife for five minutes is better than a really boring conversation for an hour, right? I think anybody would agree. It's the same with God. Quality over length. It, it's not about how long you do. It's not to endure. It's about having, having a moment where you can really listen and pay attention. So have a regular time and place. Number two, an open Bible. Uh, this would be really important. If this is your phone, that's great as long as you don't get distracted by scrolling over to the other apps, right? When the, they pop up, ignore them. Maybe turn off notifications for those five, ten minutes that you're reading. Uh, just do it in a way that you can have an open Bible. Um, and I would say when you, when you do that, pray, and, and then begin to search for God's idea. Ask him, God, what are these ideas that you have for me? Sometimes when I'm reading Bible, the scriptures, I get in four or five sentences, and I already know what God is speaking to me. Sometimes it takes the whole chapter. Um, it's just me saying, all right, what is, what is the idea that you're speaking to? Not my idea. What is your idea, right? That we would take, we, we would carefully open the Bible, and we'd say, God, I want to take care with this. I want to listen to what you're saying, right? I want to meditate upon what you're asking me to do. I want, I want to become that person that's, that's planted by the stream of water, right? And then just take away one thing. What is that one thing he's asking you to practice, right? What is the one thing? Um, soap. We talked about soap in the past, right? S-O-A-P. Scripture. Um, observation, application, and prayer. If you'll just do that every time you read, you read a scripture, you observe what God is speaking, you, you figure out what the application is, and then you just pray it. God, help me to apply this in my life. If you'll do this, right, you, over time you'll begin to be, become a reflection of what God is asking you to do. Um, when you listen, right, you will learn because you're saying, God, I want, I want to hear. And then don't be discouraged by small steps. If the simple thing God asks you to do is just something really simple and something easy and something nice, do it because before you know it, as you keep saying yes to those steps, you're going to grow in a lifetime. You're going to take in a, a, you're going go on a really long journey with God, right? And so it's it's, it's it's how God builds. He builds one precept upon one precept. Isaiah tells us that it's one lesson upon lesson, and that's how God works in our lives. He just builds upon those little steps. And before we know it, over a lifetime, we actually begin to look like God. So regular time and place, right, for, for prayer and Bibles, Bible reading, uh, an open Bible. And the third thing is this, a listening heart, that you would have an open heart, that when you read, right, when you're, when you're reading, you're saying, God, as you speak to me, is this really... And here's a way to gauge it. If it's like a mirror, when you look at it, is it what people see in your life? Is it what you see in your own life? If not, you need to change something, right? That's what it means to say, God, I'm going all in. I'm, I'm allowing you to work... Inside of my, so inside of my life. So when you read, if it's what others see in our lives, we're living it. And if it's not, then we need some work to do. And instead of pointing at everybody else, we say, "God, point at me. Help me to do this." So in this series, I've decided, right? I've decided to follow Jesus. It's it's about relationship. It's about listening. It's not about religion. So um, the the people of Jesus was was always trying to help the most in, in Scripture um, were the religious people, right? Because they're missing God. Religion is always about comparing and positioning. Comparing and positioning. But relationship is always about connecting and growing. So if we're going to be the kind of people God wants us to be, we can't be about comparing ourselves to others. If we can't be about positioning ourselves and, how, and status of how we look with others. It's about us saying, I want to connect with us. I want to grow in that relationship. I want to grow personally. I want to grow in my relationship with God. That's what it means to have a relationship. That's what Jesus is calling us to. Not religion, but to relationship. What I find very interesting in our culture we have religion, but we also have social media. And those two do the exact same thing. They're always comparing, and they're always positioning themselves. How many followers you have? How many, how many people are looking at what I'm saying? How many people are watching my videos, right? It's about comparing and positioning. It's more about being heard and seen to make you feel what's important. That's me focused. Where being a GS follower is more about listening and caring for what others, right? That's others focused. Um, and when we compare... Comparison is actually, they say, is the, thief, is, is the thief of joy in our lives. When you compare yourself to others, it steals the joy from what you actually have in your life. So when you compare, you miss that one, what, what you have in front of you. When I'm focused on what you have and what I don't have, I miss the joy of what I do have. Does that make sense? I do that made sense to me. When I'm focused on what you have, I miss what I have. And I lose the joy of actually celebrating the fact that I have something in front of me as long as I'm focused on what I don't have that you have. So don't let the comparison steal your joy. Right, Saying, God, I want relationship. I want to connect. I want to listen to what you have to say. So in these four stages of being a follower, where are you at? As you watch, right? Are you in that stage of maybe you need to sit and listen? Maybe this is the first time you're interacting. This is a great place to be. Get information. Make a decision on, on information. You're saying, God, what else do you want to speak to me? Maybe for you, it's London the boat. Man, come to church. Get, make that a consistent basis. Start, start reading the Bible. Start studying. Start learning more as much as you can. And then at some point, take him fishing. Allow him to lead your life, that you become a better person at work because he's working your life. You become a better husband or wife because you're allowing him to work in your life. And then finally, maybe for some of you, it's time that you go all in. That you're saying, you know what, I've kind of dabbled, I've kind of waited, but I'm all in. I'm not going to wait no more. I'm going to follow him and let him use my life in such a way that would make a difference. So what's your small step? What's your next step or what's your big step today? I would say, would you choose to follow him? So the question we need to ask as Jesus followers is this. Am I following Jesus? I think you need to ask us on a daily basis, maybe even every hour. Am I following Jesus or am I following myself? Am I following Jesus or am I following Fox News? Am I following Jesus or am I following CNN? Am I following Jesus or am I following some political party? If we're not careful, those are the voices. They'll mislead us. They'll guide us into a different to become a different person than God wants us to become. And in that, we'll miss the opportunity to love others. So my challenge is this. Would you get in the habit of prayer in Bible reading? Would you start that? If you don't already do it, start it. Let this week be the week, right? Today, start that habit. Whatever's the best time of the day, wherever that location is, maybe there's a seat in your house, pick that seat every single day at the same time, go to that chair, go to that seat, and just have some moments with God. Remember, it's not just about how long, it's about quality, right? It's about depth, depth, not quantity, right? It's, it's more about how deep can I go? How can I really make sure this takes place? So my challenge, would you pray? Would you read your Bible? It'll make a difference in your life if you allow it to, if you'll really listen and take it in, all right? Awesome. Hey, if you're listening today and you're not a Jesus follower, but as you've been listening, as you've been maybe visiting, as you've been contemplating and thinking about it, you're ready to take that step, saying, God, I want to follow. I, I want to follow your lead. You know, Revelations 3.20 says this, This is an invitation for all of us that are listening. Here I am. This is Jesus talking. Here I am. I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. He's standing at the door. He's knocking. And the invitation is this. If you'll just open up your life, I'll come in and I'll eat with you. And we'll share a meal. What is that invitation? It's an invitation of relationship, of discussion of conversation, of dialogue. And today he's inviting you. So if you're watching today and you're ready to take that step, I would love to lead you in a prayer. It's an invitation of relationship saying, God, I say yes. I accept what you did for me. I accept your invitation. I open my life to you. So today if you're watching and you want to pray this prayer, would you pray with me? Say this. Say, Father God, today I say yes. I say yes to you. I open that door of my life and I invite you to come in. I want to share a meal with you. I want to have a relationship with you. I want to become the person that you want me to become. Would you speak to me and then help me to live that out? Give me ears to hear. And give me courage to do it. Help me to have the right influences in my life. I choose you influence me thank you for sending your son Jesus to give us an example of how to live thank you for letting him die on that cross in my place thank you that he's alive today ready to help I put my trust in you I say yes to following you in Jesus' name I pray Amen